This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. The theme of NAIDOC Week is Heal Country, Heal Our Nation. And someone who is helping build a better culture in Australian sport is Tanya Hosh. Tanya is the AFL General Manager of Inclusion and Social Policy, and she joins us today. Good morning, Tanya. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm well, and it's great to be able to talk to you. First of all, can you tell us about your role and what you love about it? Sure. So it's a pretty broad role. I work with the AFL and with the clubs in relation to policy setting in terms of inclusion in general and also giving advice around anything to do with uh, issues of discrimination. So it covers Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander issues, uh, cultural diversity gender diversity, disability, any area where people might find themselves um, discriminated against. Uh, We've got a vilification code that covers all of those forms as well, including um, uh, religious um, vilification as well. So my job is to really improve uh, policy standards in relation to those things, because one of the things that the AFL says is that we're a game for everyone. So my job is to try and make sure that it is. Yeah. And you love doing it? I do love doing it. This is my fifth season, so um, or I'm nearly at five seasons. Every week is different. There's a lot of challenges. One of the things that Gil says is that with the work that I do, there's no finish line, that there's always – you're always trying to improve, you're always working to do better – so it's really interesting. It puts me in contact with a broad range of people, both inside footy and outside footy. Mm. Um, the thing about it is that so many people watch Aussie Rules football in Australia and it's a great platform to send important social messages from because it's incredibly effective just because of the reach that we have. So it's a real privilege but also a real responsibility. We often, I think, especially in AFL, because it's such a big sport around Australia, um, we we idolise and we make heroes of sports people um, in the AFL and and also in other fields as well. Uh, Because of that, we hold them to a higher standard. What is your experience of players and their mental well-being given the pressure that they're under? Yeah, look, I think um, the AFL for a number of years now has had uh, mental health and, and player well-being as a, a key priority to focus on. It's only a couple of years ago that we appointed a head of mental health, Dr Kate Hall. Uh, I do work quite closely with Kate in relation to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander playing cohort uh, because some of the cultural needs uh, are different. But whatever your background, playing professional sport is in my words, a bit of a pressure cooker. There's an enormous amount of pressure all the time to win. At the end of the day, that's what they're all there for, is Mm. to win a premiership. You know, I've heard stories of players who've had really decorated careers in terms of awards um, for greatness, but if they leave the game not having won a premiership, they still feel like they've failed. You know, there can only be one winner every year. There's 18 clubs. So there's bound to be a lot of disappointment and a lot of work that goes into being your very best. So um, you can imagine you put all of those things combined plus the public scrutiny and pressure on top of it 
um, that is quite a lot to live with. So, you know, the clubs are very cognizant, the AFL is very cognizant of just making sure that all the right things are in place and there's a lot more work going into that work, you know, those approaches now. And certainly I think our understanding of these pressures is improving all the time. Mm. We've seen quite an, uh, a couple of films in the last few years confront the issues of racism within the AFL, uh, particularly the final quarter, which put that spotlight on Adam Goods's experience. Do you think the culture on the field uh, in the grandstands or in the media rooms has improved following that awareness? Yeah, I mean, I as I said, I started uh, almost five seasons ago and due to the work that uh, Michael Long had done in the 90s with the late administrator, Tony Peake, you know, we really don't see racial vilification on field um, at the elite level, but we do know it happened in community football uh, way too often. I think that um, we've become better at being able to respond to vilification in the stands, you know, that it was only what in this past weekend there was an incident that occurred at a game and someone has had their membership lost from that particular club and not eligible to apply for it again for two years. It's hard to know whether we're seeing less of it because often with awareness you get more reporting, which is a is a positive sign. And what that tells us is that there are a lot of people who go to the football that don't want this behaviour to happen either, which is a very good thing. So um, we've recently done a review of our policy that looks at all of these sorts of issues and we will be rolling out um, a lot more education, particularly at community sport level, because for people in community sport, which is just as important as the elite game, Mm. you know, it's it's not as safe, it's not as consistent and sometimes it's um, where these things start at a young age that people take with them going through. So we do need to encourage people to take responsibility for not looking past these issues when they occur. And I'm pleased to say that more and more people are opening up about them. And I do think that the films have helped that because of the kind of public discourse that they drove when they were both released. Uh, you're also working with the Women's League, uh, AFLW. It, it's a short season compared to the men's. Um, and I imagine it'd be hard for the players there to make an adequate salary. What sort of progress do you hope to see uh, in the next few years for the Women's League? Yeah, look, that's a, an ongoing conversation because it's still, well, it's just finished its fifth season and they didn't get to complete season four because of COVID, unfortunately. And these are questions that are constantly... Um, being thought through. Um, One of the challenges, and look, there are many, it's really clear that it's hard for women to play um, a game at the elite level when it's not full-time. But having said that, there's some advantages to the sort of balance that they're able to achieve and pursue other careers because a football career doesn't last forever in any case. And Mm. we know that for the men, the transition out of the game is often very, very difficult. And it's not uncommon to hear players talk about feeling like they're in the wilderness for anywhere from two years to 10 years after they've played. Um, So I guess what we're not trying to do is completely replicate the men's league, but we are looking at how we continue to grow AFLW and, you know, make sure that we put 
the best um, sustainable um, processes in place, which speaks to length of season, speaks to pay, speaks to, you know, their, the support for their wellbeing and all of those sorts of things. The other thing is that if you were to grow too quickly, then that has an impact on the talent um, at the community level and that still needs to thrive because that's the incubator for the elite level. Um, and at the same time, the product has got to be strong um, because eventually you'd want to see a broadcast deal for the women's game, which is a key part of revenue that contributes to the pay mm. of players, etc., and officials. Um, so there's a lot, there's still a lot to do, but we're very pleased with the progress we've made to this point. You know, we've seen the game grow from strength to strength every year, the supporter base um, continuing to grow and build. And, you know, I think we, you know, sometimes forget that it took over 50 years for the men's game to get to the standard that it is. I don't think it's going to take that long for the women, but certainly, you know, there's a lot to consider and a lot to balance up. Um, thinking about your job, you've been doing the job for five years or five seasons, and I hope that you're there for a long time, Tanya. Can you dream big in 10 years' time? What would you like to see different about the culture of the AFL and those who support it? Yeah, that's a great question, Sam. I guess um, I can't I can't think about I've never worked in one job for 15 years, so that's, <laughs> that's quite something to get my head around. But, um, look, I think I would like to see the culture feel less exceptional around issues like the ones we've been discussing, that, you know, women in the game isn't a topic because it's got a point of difference. It's a, it's a topic because of its value and its uniqueness. Uh, I think I would like to see that, you know, there are more people feeling strong and resolute about calling out inappropriate behaviours when they see them and to feel confident that the processes will, you know, be adequate for dealing with those things um, and that there's confidence overall. I would love to see more diversity in our coaching ranks, in our umpiring ranks and in our administration on our club boards. I think that having that inclusion in decision-making levels is the thing that materially makes a difference to what happens on the ground because suddenly you have very different conversations at that decision-making level when you have that diversity around the table. So for me, I think if I put all of those things together to see a greater degree of inclusion and I think, you know, representation of the Australian community at the decision-making levels in the league will definitely have a great impact um, throughout the whole ecosystem. Thank you so much for your time, Tanya. Uh, Tanya Hosh, the General Manager of Inclusion and Social Policy at the AFL. You've given us a lot to think through and, and, and challenged us in many ways to change the way we, the way we view others this morning. So thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.